Welcome one, welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for His church. It is our hope with the show that we will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited you have decided to spend some time with us today and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always, my brother, friend, and pastor, Eric Moran. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm all right. So today on The Tension, we will be discussing the topics of proclamation and counseling. And this one we were talking earlier and I kind of told you, I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to separate them, but I don't, I don't think that you're supposed to separate them. And you were like, you're not. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that's great. That works really well. So what I figured we would do with this one is another kind of a uh, little dive into the teaching thing. So we're going to let uh, brother Eric uh, present these two together and I'll just kind of throw up some questions as we're going along, you know, ones that I think are uh, relative to the conversation and and, uh, hopefully for anyone else who may have a similar question. So that's what we're going to do today. So, uh, Brother Eric, the floor is yours. Take us to the knowledge. So we're going to end up in Romans 10, which is where Paul kind of has his final thesis of all the things that he's learned on side of inside of his uh, mission. Oh, yeah. But in a personal way, I know that through the different podcasts, I continue to use John Calvin as an example, and it's because people are mostly familiar with John Calvin at this point in time. Right. Um, however, I'm na- I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that doctrinally he brought the gospel into the light of the mental, the psyche sphere to where now we have the scripture, now we know the sovereignty of God. What does that mean inside of our our psyche life? It, it how does that affect our mind? Right. Um, but it has to be more than just a mental consent, and it has to be more than just what we think, and it has to be more than I agreed with somebody when they said this prayer, because if it's not mm-hmm. changing what you're doing, then it's not real. And mm-hmm. you know, there's scriptures where it says, you know, if you say you love God, you love this idea about God, but you're not learning how to love others, then you're a liar. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so in, in my personal approach to why I brought these subjects up, and me and you started talking about these two particular subjects, is number one, there's always two things the scripture does, and that's warn and encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, warning you about the truth of how God is holy and He's just, and you have to do something with that. Amen. And then encouraging you that He's done something with that. He's both just and the justifier out of Romans three because God has paid the God payment for us to fall in love with the gr- good, gracious God that is holy. Amen. You got to put them together and you may lean to one bent. And ultimately it's about discipling yourself into falling in love with what you're not strong at. So Mm. with all that said, inside of Romans 10, we just came through Romans eight, where he's saying, you know, you put your mind on the things of spirit and it leads to life and it leads to peace, or you can put your mind on the things of the world and the flesh, and it's going to lead to chaos and death. And he goes into Chapter 9, which, once again, a lot of people wish that it was not even in the Bible because it's just straightforward sovereignty of God. Who are you, oh man? And there's this sovereignty element that you have to do something with. And then we get into chapter 10, and it's it's almost just like chapters 1, 2, and 3 was chapter 1 was the invitation and the condition of the pagan. Chapter 2 is the 
invitation and the condition into those that knew they were the people of God, but had thought that that meant they were special instead of God being special. And then Mm -hmm. chapter three was like a summary of trying to put those two things in right relationship that all of sin, no one, everybody's fallen short. Everybody deserves what's coming. Um, No one seeks him. No, not one. And and it kind of clumps everybody together. And to me, chapter 10 is doing that same kind of thing when it starts talking about your salvation and saying, okay, so Moses came and he talked about this right relationship. Abraham came and he talked about this right relationship. Mm-hmm. Now we've had Jesus and Jesus has shown up and, and, and added another element or onion, you know, layer of the onion for now this is what it means inside of this relationship that you're being called into entering. And when you get to Romans 10, 8 through 17, to me, if you were going to like, like you've kind of challenged me just to present it to me, that's the best place for me to present it because ultimately it's talking about this very subject. And I'm just going to read it out of the ESV and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. It says this, it says, uh, but what, do, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So there's a proclamation. And mm-hmm. how are they to preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet to those who preach the good news, and, but, they have, uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what, has, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, Messiah. So if, you, if we back up and we just say, okay, so it says that the word is near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. If we go back to the very first red letters, if you will, in other words, the, the chronologically, the first gospel is Mark. Mm-hmm. The first red letters are the kingdom of God as at hand, the time is fulfilled, repent yeah. and believe in me. Mm-hmm. And he is saying, John the Baptist showed up. Mm-hmm. And he had a baptism of water for the forgiveness of sins. Right. And I fulfilled that, mm-hmm. but I'm the one coming after him that's going to actually baptize you in the right relationship with the Holy Spirit right. through what I'm doing, the work of the Son, mm-hmm. my name, mm-hmm. for the Father's glory. Right. And that he's saying, it has begun. It's now open. Right. Well, here, Paul is later on saying, okay, our, our Christ has been crucified. Mm-hmm. The door is open. Yes. Pentecost has happened. Correct. And he's saying... Jesus' words have now been perfectly fulfilled that the word of God is near you because if it is in you, it's in your heart and it will be out of the abundance coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you say that you're a believer yeah. and you're not sharing it and you're not living for it, mm-hmm. the scriptures warn you that you could be a liar. Yeah. Okay. Now, only God can judge the heart and that has to do with you and God doing work. Right. But if when you hear that, you get challenged because in love, I'm asking you to test your spirit, test the works, test, test right. where you're at. If you find that you don't have it, then get with a senior Christian and ask them how they're doing what you see. Right. But remember, 
everyone's faith is stronger on the outside because you're feeling your inadequacy and you're feeling right. your separation and they look like they don't have any of that. Now you're going to find out all believers have it, right? But it doesn't cost you your love or your dependence. And just like this morning's message out of Matthew six, my anxiety is not over something I can lose because that's settled. Right. Now that was settled through the proclamation. Correct. God said it, and it's true. Right. It's either true or it's not. So my feelings are not the issue. Right. My feelings need to be brought into proper relationship right. to the truth. Yeah, 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 And now what that means is I'm not dictated by my feelings. I'm dictated by my obedience. My right. obedience to what? The proclamation. Correct. And you can work your way to better feelings, but you cannot feel your way to better works. Mm. So I can go to the gym mm -hmm. and I can do something I don't like doing right. and then get stronger mm -hmm. and get better at it. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, I actually like doing that thing I used to feel horrible about mm -hmm. because I've gotten better at it. Right. All right. But I can't sit at home at three o'clock in the morning and feel like I'm going to go do it and right. never do it because right. I'm never going to change because right. that's a deception. All right. Now, right, right, right. the same thing is there inside of the scriptures. It says... It's a free gift, mm -hmm. the salvation that you, the justification that you've received. Right. Okay. So you've been justified by God, for God, through God, to God. Correct. And the free gift has nothing to do with the cost. The free gift has to do with the giver. Hmm. The giver freely loved you because we love him because he first loved us. And his love changes why you do what you do and why you say what you say because you're not trying to earn something you already have. Right. That's religion. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, when, when you flip that around and you say, okay, so my justification is off of the proclamation, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Messiah, and that's Christ. It doesn't say the word of Jesus Christ. It says the word of Christ. So I challenge everyone when you read that, of course, Jesus was the unique son, the Christ that bridges us to the Father, 100% man, 100% God, so that we, we can enter into that new relationship. Right. But when you read Christ all by itself like that, that's the invitation of when you go over to John 10, it says, if you come by this door and I am the door, the gatekeeper will open, which is the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and the shepherd comes in to the fold. So you, when you enter into the door, you are a shepherd. You right. are Christ-like. Right. Uh, Romans eight twenty nine says, you were created, predestined, and foreknown to do what? To be conformed to the, the image, image of, of Christ, his son. Yeah. Right. So to be in that image means you are now a mediator. Correct. Now, to be a mediator, I have to be, or I get to be what I read about, and I get to find that story being about me. Because here's the thing. I do nothing but look and listen for what the Father would have me to do yeah. when I'm doing it right. <laughs> right? But then right. how many times am I doing it wrong? But a my lot. faithlessness doesn't cost me my faithfulness because it's not a weight of what I can do. It's falling in love with what he's done, right. and I get to be more and more like him. And that makes it a relationship versus a religion mm -hmm. to where I could absolutely be messing up in my own heart and mind, mm -hmm. but I can still stand on the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted real quickly, I, what you're saying, and I find a lot of it too, but Dallas Willard made a really good point inside of the divine conspiracy where he said that anyone can proclaim something to you, but that doesn't, you're not going to get any better by, by someone else's proclaiming something or hearing it and how much you agree with it. The only way that you're going to get better by it and increase your own faith is by actually doing it. That's the only way. And no one can do it for you. Like you have to realize that this is something that must be done. 
you have to do it. Like you have to make that what God is doing in, in your heart, in your relationship, you have to outwardly do those things to get better at them. But you're going to fail doing them, obviously. I mean, that goes that goes right along with the thing. But it boils down to you have to do it. Someone someone can't do it for you. Brought this up in Sunday school this morning. Okay, so today we look at our youth, and they're plugged into a device. Yeah. And it frustrates someone that didn't grow up in that time period, in that age, not in high-speed information. Right. Now, at the beginning of... It, the beginning, what is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom? Fear of the Lord. All right. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge in right relationship. Correct. All right. So you could have all the knowledge in the world and you could be a doctor and you could use it for others or you could use it for abortion. Mm -hmm. All right. But the, the knowledge is there. Now, the wisdom is having someone that is wiser, older explaining the knowledge that you have in the fear of the Lord to put it together in a life lived for the, the glory of the Lord. Right. Wisdom is the, the overall design. Wisdom is the, 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 as you get silver hair, you have wisdom because of all right. your failures, but you get to tell somebody about your failures, hoping they won't enter into them because of the wisdom that you've attained. Right. Well, how did you obtain it? Well, I had to do it so mm -hmm. that I knew that I couldn't. And that's what I'm trying to share with you. So <laughs> right. I'm, it, I'm trying to, Paul said it like this, I'm taking what the cross is lacking. Now, of course, yeah. he's not talking about anything lacking in the justice and no. the proclamation. No. He's saying, I'm trying to take all of what you would put nails in him again for right. before you do it so that you don't have to carry that. And neither does he, because I've already done it. I'm the guy that's messed up. Don't be like me in right. that way, but imitate me to share your failures with the next man. But let, learn uh -huh. from mine. When we when we look at it that way, and he says, this is the word of faith that we proclaim, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have love, it doesn't matter. You can right. live your life, and if you don't live it for the glory of God, then you were given a life that you wasted and perished, and it didn't matter. Right. But the thing that we get to proclaim is the relationship of faith. So what does yeah. faith mean when you think about it? I, mean, I understand you can go to Hebrews 11.1, 1 and you can get... You can get a lot of different things off of that, but it means to trust. I mean, it right. literally means to trust. Yeah. Believe means trust. Faith means trust. To right. actually believe it in my heart and trust it with my actions, mm -hmm. to me, is faith. And, and, right. and, and, you know, you could explain that in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to say is if you don't have enough faith to live it out, then you need to check what you actually believe. Mm -hmm. Because if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, so in other words, I believe in my heart, which is going to make me confess in my mouth. If I'm right. not confessing in my mouth, I don't really believe what I believe right, is really right. real or else I couldn't keep it in because yeah. the only reason I'm really here now is, let me tell you about this thing that God's showing me. And <laughs> right. the other day, and the same way somebody has a love for the, you know, their, whatever their idol is, whether, whether it's, you know, the, the George Bulldogs, the, the Atlanta Braves, the Miami yeah. Hurricanes, it, it, it's not specific of any state. It, it just has to do with something that makes me feel better better about my little life because of this bigger thing that I'm looking towards. Right. We're created for that because we were created by God for oh, yeah. God to be pulled into something like that. And if you don't fill it with him, you're going to fill it with something. But it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God, the father raised Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Mm -hmm. All right. So for with one's heart, you believe and you're justified, and with one's mouth you confess, confess and you're saved. 
Right. So the justification comes with the believing heart. Mm-hmm. According to Ezekiel 36, that's God's work. Right. You don't change your heart. Right. God does, yeah. You hear the proclamation of the word, and mm-hmm. that's why we can never get away from the pure proclamation of the word. Yeah, amen. We can never get away from the proclamation of the word hinging on good exegesis and understanding the truth of what you're saying and trying to get yourself and others out of the way to be able to hear the words of God because the words of God are the living words that can change a heart. Right. So there's that element. Yeah. But now when you have a changed heart and nobody knows how to tell you what to do. Right. <laughs> I mean, when I first went to the church that I first went to, I mean, I was on fire and I'm like, so uh, what do we, you should go witness. Okay. How, how do we do it? Well, go watch The Way of the Master by Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort. So I'm at the house, you know, like Googling and looking it up. And so, I mean, it's a program and I'm lighting down the program and I'm trying, they come to Winder. So I like, I actually, well, Winder or Monroe, either way, I go to their conference like, oh man, I'm just going to yeah. learn. And, you know, I, I remember growing pains and, you know, yeah. and yeah. it was, I mean, so get, don't, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was worthless because at least they were proclaiming the name of God. Right. But as far as me falling in love with a relationship that I was part of, instead of something I see out there that I'm trying to do. Right. And you're trying to sell it to me. Right. And then I'm trying to sell it to somebody else. Right. I'm not trying to put God on sale. I want you to tell, I want to tell you about how he loves you. Right. So. I go back to church and it's not working. You know, I've done this. I've gotten Ray Comfort. I mean, I've, I've kind of ran that course. So here I'm back at my local church. So uh, that didn't work. What do I do now? <laughs> well, you know what you need to do is go to, you know, Walmart and stand in line, you know, pretend like you're buying gum. All right. So we're already with like, pretend I'm doing something I'm not doing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, when you're in line then just turn around to the person behind you and be like, you know what? If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And uh, I, hey, so I'm up at Walmart. I mean, literally I, the Walmart <laughs> on Epps Bridge Road. I mean, I'm there. I'm, I'm doing it. And People did exactly what I would do to you right now. If you do that to me walking in the parking lot, I love Jesus with all my heart. I know who Yahweh is. I love the story. But if you lead off with that, I don't have time enough to start there. I'm going to walk <laughs> just as fast away from you as the un- unbeliever. Because, I mean, dude, if that's where you're at, I, I'm i not saying I wouldn't have a conversation. But either way, yeah, you've got a long way to go. Instead of just an overflow of who you are because of what he's done to organically change who you are to where you're preaching the gospel to yourself. Because what did it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It starts to organically grow out of, I really want to know his word. I really want to apply it in my life. And that's when you're going to need something from someone that's got wisdom right and that's the counseling side yeah so when it says hey we proclaim this and how can they know if it's not proclaimed it it, it, how can you know if somebody's not confessing it i don't know if you can so well i don't know if i'm counseling all i'm doing is confessing the truth of god and how it's applied to my life and how i've been involved in other people's lives that god has allowed me to be because it's all about god at that point right and the more conversations i have the more not ammunition, but the more you know, the more fuel I've got for a fire, the more yeah. examples I've got, the more illustrations. And the next thing you know, it's like anything that somebody brings up through different conversations. I'm like, oh, man, I remember that, too, because that happened over here. And then there was this. That's why I love questions, because questions yeah. lead to better answers. Better answers lead to better questions. And the mm-hmm. next time you ask me something, I've learned through most of stuff I didn't know. 
Yeah. And I don't know is a great answer. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's honest. Started using that one a lot. Honest and transparent. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, if you give me an opportunity, I'm yeah. thankful I don't know because I get to go learn something. And right. I, as a disciple, as a learner, you've got me excited. So I'm going to go study, but I need you to know I'm coming back to you because I don't want it just for me. Mm-hmm. I want it to strive with God and mm-hmm. with yeah. others which is the true Israel, mm-hmm. not a physical thing. Oh, you know, they're building temple again, and you know, they're, they're, they're doing I don't care about a physical Israel. Why? I don't know. Galatians would be a good place to start where he says, no, not everyone that's physically, you know, a Jew is Israel. Right. Huh. Only those that have a circumcised heart are in the right relationship, and he said that he believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Huh. So what we're saying here is it's not a physical place and it's not about a nation on this earth, kind of like Jesus with Pontius Pilate. Right. It's a nation unto himself chosen by him to fall in love with being in his name, royal Mm -hmm. priesthood, mediator between heaven and earth, because this is not our home. And praise God for that, because what you start to see is you start to see you start to you just start to barely see it the way that God sees it, and you see people being enamored by things that mean absolutely nothing and pouring out their time and their effort and their money and their i mean sacrificing things that God would if they were going to sacrifice, they should be sacrificed to God, but a lot of these things God would never ask you to sacrifice because it's done to a point that it's hurtful versus good right it's not the function for which it was created it's a right. function for which it wasn't mm-hmm. and then it takes and it takes and it takes and it takes and you hit rock bottom yeah now that's by the design of god for you to call call up right but there has to be somebody there that's willing to walk with you and talk with you and counsel you and and and, and in relationship walk beside you right when they when they follow jesus after john the baptist making proclamation mm-hmm. hey hell's coming yep pharisees i don't know who and the hell told you to come out here because you're vipers and brood and everything else. And they're right. like, oh, behold, the Lamb of God. And okay, so then, and, and, and you got, every, you know, the, the, the heavenly voice and the two follow him. And Jesus turns around and is like, uh, so what are you two seeking? And of course, they ask their question. He's like, why don't you just come spend some time with me? Right. Why don't you come and, and, and let me answer as we're going? Right. Instead of having this, you have three questions if you rub my belly. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I know so many people say, man, I was in the car with my grandkids, and I know that I'm supposed to share the gospel with them, but I don't know how. Yeah. Well, that doesn't have, that's not because of that, that car ride. That's right. because you haven't been doing it. Right. Um, and, and the beauty of it is, if you do it wrong, mm-hmm. the Spirit of God is going to teach you. He's going to guide you. He's going to, he, right. you're not alone. You'll right. never be forsaken. So, I mean, when, when you start looking at it that way, and he talks about the fact that everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So if I believe in you and I start out and I look bad or I sound bad, that's part of the humiliation for the exaltation. Because yeah. if I was really good at it, I would think I was the one doing it. And right. I would think I'm the one that's saving you. Right. And you know what? Y'all ought to make me the preacher because I'm out there and saving <laughs> souls. And, and, and you end up losing right. the right relationship of. Do you know what? God may actually use me as a pastor one day. Or, yeah. or God does actually give me words when I depend on him in a way that who would have ever thought. But it doesn't steal his glory. It shares and then intensifies his glory right. in both your relationship and the persons that you're talking to. Right. 
Um, because once again, it's it's right here in the fact that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, what is in the name of the Lord? What is in the name of the Lord? Yeah, so everyone that calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord in your own words? Um, to call on the name of, well, I guess it would be to recognize who you are and who God is. So it would be like the positions and the positions and the roles kind of knowing for me personally, it was coming to the end of myself and realizing that God is the way, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and that no one, no one can go to the father except through him. So that was basically the, the realization that I can think many things and come up with plenty of standards and all these other things on my own, but I didn't create it. So I don't really get the, I don't have the authority to say what means this, what means that. And inside of that, I realized how small I was in the need of a savior is kind of where the whole thing hung up on, on me is I was like, man, I'm basically saying that I'm God and God's not God that I'm, that I'm better than then he is, and what's in the name? What does, it, what does it mean? The name of the Lord. What is it? I don't know. Because the next thing he says is, "How then can they call on him if they do not be- if they haven't believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they've never heard?" The identity is that what you're looking for? All right. So, in someone's name, mm-hmm. it's everything about that person. It's not. So, in other words, it's like the character stuff like that. Everything that he ever did is his namesake to where before we were a law-driven, sue each other, take each other to court. Remember, right. the Bible's totally against taking people to court and trying to have the world right. figured out. Why? Because your name should matter. Right. When you shake my hand, I should be able to believe in you. Oh, well, it's I, like kind of like where you, you have my word, sort of that type of type of deal. Let thing. your yes be yes and your no be no right. and stop taking these silly oaths like, oh, I swear to God that I'm telling the truth right now. So you're a liar before that? <laughs> oh, and you're going to lie after that. Yeah, but right. right now, no, no, no. Like right now, you can trust it's me. It's like this time I can you can believe me. So if you go back and you look at the Torah, the mm-hmm. law, the, the, the expectation of relationship that right. Jesus is pushing them back to, mm-hmm. it's always about honesty, integrity, and consistency. Okay. And it's over the love of it, it, there's ways to break that down in other words how many times things are spoken mm-hmm. um have you ever wondered why we have so many english words for certain greek words or more greek words for one english word like there's four you know there's four greek words for love but there's only one english word for love yes i have wondered okay so Inside of a culture that has something that is important to them, mm-hmm. they have a lot of different ways to nuance it out. Right. So if you live in Seattle, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to have a lot of words. You will have a lot of words for rain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like Gotham in Batman. It's like it always <laughs> rains. I mean, I don't know a picture where they're outside and it's not raining. So, <laughs> yeah. But in, in the, it's raining cats and dogs. Yeah. It's kind of a drizzle. It's a mist. It's yeah. a this and it's that. Now, how many words do you think they got in the desert for rain? Not many. Rain. It's raining. I mean, one. it's all they need. It's rain. This is one. It doesn't matter if it's a mist. Oh, no, that's rain. Yeah, that's rain. Kind of like in Georgia, snow. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't mean it has to be snow. It just means like there's a sleet and I saw a fleck. Oh, it's snowing. Got to go get bread and milk. Now. And, and But it's not snowing. Right. But we have no other frame of reference because snow is snow and I just saw the flake and it's snowing. Yeah. Don't you take that away from me. Yeah, and yeah. so it's the same way inside of language. When when they love God, they got a lot of words for God. They got right. Adonai. So, so it's, right. it's the reverence of what they mm-hmm. t- 
talked about and in, in their culture. Mm -hmm. So we don't love. I love my socks and I love my wife. They, those should be different. Vastly different. All right. But we got one word. Yeah, just one. And so in other languages, they, they could explain certain things differently. With that said, someone's name was their contract. Mm -hmm. When I gave you my name, my, my word, mm -hmm. that was everything I am. So those who believe in everything Jesus did, taught, said, will be saved. Mm -hmm. And why haven't they heard this? Because nobody's telling them. Mm. Why isn't anybody telling them? Because not many people have believed. Mm. So what do you do with many are called, but few are chosen? Mm. So I stand up and I preach, proclamate, you know, proclaim, proclamate. That's not even a word. I proclaim, <laughs> just pulling them out. I get it. I proclaim. <laughs> and you got three people sitting on a yeah. pew. Yeah, yeah. One person has, yeah, has the Holy Spirit changed their heart. And I mean, the act of God, the Father, through the work of the Son's obedience and love, Okay. By the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. comes to life. Yeah. The other two, I mean, I hope we go to Hardee's when we leave. Yeah. I was thinking Mexican. So, what was the difference? It wasn't the proclamation. No. It was the act of God. Now, the mm -hmm. act of God changes the heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, flesh a believing, a unbelieving heart to a believing heart. Correct. But now that person has to have somebody enter into a relationship with them to disciple and walk with them. Yes. And this is where we failed as a church and why we're in the condition that we're in is because the counseling Absolutely. side hasn't been there. Right. To where when you realize it in the Bible, when you're reading it, you don't have anyone to ask how to do this. Right. And then we all sit around and say, look at those kids on their devices. Somebody ought to teach them. Maybe that would be the... Messiah-like people, the ones that are conformed to the image of Jesus, which I don't know where we claim to be. Yeah. So how do we get better at it? Well, mm -hmm. first off, you've heard it now, right? So you've heard that you should be yeah. pouring into others with wherever you're at and that you will not be put to shame because even if you don't do it right, you're going to not do it right together. And you'll be able to walk together in, hey, I mean, I'm new at this too. This is, this is where I do know and this mm -hmm. is what i don't know mm -hmm. and then you may have this young kid fall in love with it and him become something that you couldn't foresee but that's all up to god right so anyway when, when we move forward and it says how beautiful it is is it those that have been sent to preach to proclaim right but who has been sent to preach and proclaim everybody yeah you were all a royal chosen priesthood all right so it's not a paid professional that you put on a stage that is a elder brother. Right. And the elder brother should be able to be approached and talked to just like any other brother or sister in the church. Absolutely. So that they can be sharpened by your questions and answers and once again be held accountable because if you hear it and you correct it, it'd be a lot better that I'm not doubly accountable for it when I get to where I'm going. Yeah, true. Um, Number two somebody's actually listening to ask questions. That would be exciting right there. I mean, I've followed people to their car and be like, Hey, uh, where y'all going to lunch? Yeah. 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 Uh, you remember anything I just said? No, no. no or, or they'll remember like, Oh, I do remember you said something about you went camping. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot around that. There was like, you know, the, the scripture before it. And then the, that was an illustration. No, no, no. Well, no, I think you went camping. <laughs> okay. So, I can't control what you hear, but I can control what I say. But what I say is dictated by what I believe 
and who I am. Right. Who I am and what I believe means, you know, you, you'll hear people, well, if only one person, I don't care if anyone hears it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have not said it. Right. Because Ezekiel, the watchman, there, there's plenty of warnings about right. when I show it to you, I've shown it to you so that you can share it with others. Mm -hmm. If it stops with you, living water. But yeah. what makes living water living water? What makes living water living Biologically, water? In, in science, proving how God's design works. Because, of course, Jesus says, I am the living water. Right. How does water stay living? Mm, is it is this back to the, the all goes to the ocean thing? Is this, is that I, I mean, that, that's the rain cycle. So what would happen? Let, let me put it another way. Okay. What would make living water die? What would make living water die? If it all dried up, I guess. That would be... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Condensation. I'm in like a really good mood, but I'm not sharp today. All right. So we're going to take and we're going to sharpen our brother just a little bit. And here, I appreciate it. Here's the thing, though. So Prayers if, appreciated. Where, where, where do we normally find mosquitoes? Uh, Next to nasty puddles. Which are stagnant water. Yeah. Why is it stagnant? Because uh, it's just sitting there. It's not moving. Yeah. Movement is life. Mm -hmm. You were created to move. You were created to think. You were created to be in a good mood and try and be sharp. You're on the verge of like a really good motivational speech right here. But ultimately, the only thing that makes something alive is the movement that it has purpose. As soon as it stops moving, it serves no purpose for right. which then it was created, which is evil, not good. Ah. So as long as you've got breath in your lungs, you've got purpose to share that breath with others. Right. The question is, have you learned anything worth saying? Oh, that's good. And you've had your life to do it. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I don't have time, you had time for something else. And that's going to be what's brought up is, no, you loved whatever it is you did learn about. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're missing more than anything with our older generation not having the wisdom to share the life they lived in relationship because discipleship dropped off when megachurches started. And that doesn't mean it's megachurches' fault. It means that the baby boomers started to have kids, and then it was, you know, down with the man and do drugs. And then all of a sudden, they started having kids, and they was like, wait a minute, mothers are getting strong driving. You can't do that anymore. And they had for the first time, 3,000 member churches, and they had no idea how to do it. So they put it in a schoolhouse platform, which right. is, you know, three to seven year olds together over here, and 10, and then the youth is over here. And they right. separated the body and they taught them moralism, right. how to be good and look good. But if you don't, you're going to go to hell because Jesus, Jesus, he loves you. Right. But you can't make him look bad to others. Right. And it's like, okay, so like, <laughs> They're mad because he's eating and drinking with the sinners. I mean, what do you do with that right there? We don't read that verse. Come down here. <laughs> this is the verse we like right here. It's like, so, I mean, today you still run into people saying, I've never heard that. Nobody ever really taught that right there. It's like, okay, so that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Somebody didn't teach it to you, but you didn't read it either. <laughs> right. You know, at some point you've been like, um, hey, man, what's about this right here? On the way here, Tommy texted me. He's like, so uh, what about Matthew 18, 11, I think is what it is. But ultimately, when I looked it up, it goes Matthew 18, um, 10, and then 12. Mm -hmm. So there is no verse 11. Right. Do you know why? No. All right. I do. But I, I ultimately, it's because I didn't at some point, And then right. I asked somebody. And when I see Tommy, he's going to learn exactly what I'm going to teach you right now. You know, you got the old, uh, 
King James, 1611. That was Jesus' Bible, just yeah, in case man. you didn't know. Yeah. Um, it's got unicorns in it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And um, they'll go, you got that new version. It's got scriptures missing, <laughs> which happens to be like Matthew 11, 1811. Right. right. Now, um, so when I was told that, I was like, really? Quick Google search. Got pretty good answers. What happens is this. Um, older manuscripts come out. Yeah. Um, a modern translation, modern English, RSV, you know, like New King James. Right. So I like that version. Hey, King James 1611. This is a King James, and it doesn't have it. That's what I'm talking about. Those Bibles that take stuff out. It's like, no, no. So archaeological finds came out, and they realized what you've got was added because it wasn't in the older manuscripts. Mm -hmm. So you know what we did? Took it out. Took it out. And we didn't hide it from anybody. There's a verse missing. <laughs> like, like it went from 10 to 12 to where time's like, hey, um, what happened to 11? You know how he found that out? I don't know. Reading his own Bible. I, I know that's a novel idea, but right. like, you can't blame everyone else. It's not going to hold water at the throne of God. Right. You had your 1,440 minutes every day. Right. That's 86,400 seconds every day. Yeah. You had the same amount of time as anyone else. And when you say, well, I didn't have time. And it like this morning in Sunday school. And nobody likes to read. Who likes to read? Yeah, I like to read. I like to read. Now, it's a discipline. And I it do get tired. Yeah. And you got to find ways to do it. Yeah. But are we saying who likes something to be easy? Or are we saying who really likes to challenge themselves. Long story short, my yeah. point is this. Mm -hmm. You can't point your finger at anybody else and blame them. Right. The Paul Barnabas Timothy, you need to find somebody that you look up to. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they're worth it. That doesn't mean that you're right. It just means you need somebody and you're testing the spirits to see if somebody shows some merit to where they throw out some nuggets. You go back and do your studies, and then you're like, coming back to that person with question and answers in a conversation. Right. You need somebody that when you do that with, maybe they're not ahead of you. Maybe they're exactly where you're at. And now you've got a partner in yep. crime. In other words, I'm messed up. I'm messed up. I don't know. Neither do I. We can do this together. <laughs> do you know how valuable it is to have somebody doing it together? Dude, it's so valuable. Because you're not alone and you know that you've got somebody else. And then they started back here with you. Right. And you get to ask them all. You get to tell them the things you don't tell anybody else because you're like, hey, man, I had this really wicked thought the other day. Yada, yada, yada. Now, yeah. I wouldn't be able to trust many people with that, but he's just as messed up as me because the relationship we've got, I know he's a fool and he knows I'm a fool. <laughs> right. But we're fools together. <laughs> right. So then when you find a Paul yeah. and he finds a Paul, you both got two Pauls, really. And you, you, you gained two brothers that right. are seen. You're not just the one because mm -hmm. you were together. Yeah. And then a Timothy means if you know you need this on the flat line and ahead, mm -hmm. there's people that are around you that they need, need where you've been. Yeah. That's the counseling side. You right. should always be looking to be someone's Paul, hoping to continue to grow. And here's the thing that was beautiful in my walk. Michael Marson Gill was my Paul, but he loved me and never held anything back. Mm -hmm. And I became a Barnabas. Yeah. Because he poured what he had into me. Mm -hmm. And because of his love and because of the spirit of God, I caught up to where we could have conversations to where when I'm teasing you and I'm... It sounds like I'm being mean and cutting into him. That's not why I do that. The not, sarcasm yeah. or whatever, it's a strength of mine, which is sin. But, yeah. well, it's not either because God's sarcastic, but he does it in the right way and I don't. The, the bottom line is this. 
it's it's to help you with the banter remember yeah and i promise you're going to find yourself doing it the same way to others it does i mean it's uh the my nickname i came i won't say it on here but my nickname that i came up for you like it i mean it helps me it's kind of like that when you're not there the conversations that we have i'm constantly having them like over in my head right. to think about better questions and i don't know if you've ever seen that 70s show but it reminds me of the Red Foreman where he, you know, smacks him up behind the head and he's, you know, like, you idiot. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, but it's a it's it's for me, not against me. And I know that through our relationship. But this is what I was going to say is what you're driving back to is it's the communal aspect that it seems like is missing inside of this. Because even, I like the illustration that you used earlier when you said you learn different things from other people hearing about what they went through. Like if you had a friend and he went through something and you walked with him through that, and then let's just say fast forward three weeks, three months later, I end up in the same position. You can then turn to me and go, Hey, I got a buddy who just went through this, you know, X, Y, Z, be careful moving forward that you don't make the same mistake that he did. And at least it's a heads up, it's an encouragement, it's a warning, all those things. But we're learning together inside of that that one body. It's not like, you know, the left side of my body is not against the right side of my body. We should be looking at the same the same the same way. It's all for the it's all for the one the one body underneath one head. And I think that that's it is one part that's definitely missing, I think, instead of it becomes two groups against each other instead of saying coming to the table and saying, how can we strengthen the body as a whole? And that would be the counseling side of it based on the proclamation. If we're according to Romans, Romans three, God is the just and the justifier. So if that's the case, then we're all in the same basket. Why are we trying to divide up the basket? One of the reasons it's popped into my head is the church is like a certain power structure if you will i mean in other words you got your head sense. and you got your deacons and then you got your, your yada yada and i mean it's supposed to be you know elders yeah. and deacons and and instead of no we're all underneath one head which is jesus christ every one of us are called to grow and once again when you do that yeah i was away from the mic my fault <laughs> but when when you do that it's like going to the gym by myself because of the time that i go i enjoy working out by myself because of the pace that I go at and what I'm used to. Right. But I'm only going to be able to go so far because I don't have a spotter. I can't go to fatigue. Right, there there right. are certain things I can't do on my own. Right. So I can learn my doctrine. Mm -hmm. I can learn my proclamation. Yeah. I can I can do all that, me and the Holy Spirit in, in, in the scripture, and then all of the things that we have to our, you know, Absolutely. at our fingertips now. But what I can't do is, hey, Mick, what do you think about this and this and this? Yeah. And then the next day, hey, man, this is what I found out. And then I thought this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a communal right. thing that only can happen in conversation, in koinonia, in fellowship. Right. Um, so it, it has an element that you personally are going to be the only one standing in account for you mm -hmm. at the throne. Yeah. But we are a body. Yes. Or you don't understand what's going on. Right. Because we are a body. And if you don't love your brother and sister, but you say, I can't wait to meet God. You're a liar. You may not want to say that because, yeah, you're not ready. Yeah. Um, with that said, though, it said in, in the end of this right here, it says in uh, Romans 10, 16, 
but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Once again, I can't control what I say. It breaks my heart. They don't hear it and believe it. But that's a spiritual thing as well as an intellectual thing. And I may intellectually be able to go and figure out a better way to explain it next time I see that individual, if mm-hmm. I see them struggling, or, right. or if they'll trust me enough to um, tell me what the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I highly recommend as you get into the counseling side, and all I mean by counseling side is having someone there outside of the box right? because we get so locked in on what we're trying to figure out yeah. that um, give me two books that would help me understand what you believe. Without the interaction, yeah, so that I can go process that information one on one with the Holy Spirit, and then you're running it through the Scripture. But when right. I come back to you, it's not me just trying to. I'm not trying to understand your theology mm-hmm. just in a conversation because it could be a weakness in communication. It could be a weakness in me never hearing the theology before. Right. It could be a lot of different things. Give me a couple books that you would recommend for me to read, and yeah. then go read those books. For that relationship, and if that person sees you read their theology and then come back with a conversation, they're going to be way more apt to at least hear what you have to say, and you're going to be more apt to be able to say it the right way because you've been reading something that they do respect and that they do honor, Right, and you can honor and respect what they put in front of you, but then you get to say, but in my filter, here's a couple books, do that, and and you can bring things in right relationship together and put them in tension mm-hmm. instead of, well, we don't do that here. <laughs> and and, it, yeah. it, it, and it, we lose so many interactions with our brothers and sisters that are different than us. But like you said, in a body, you have to have all the differences because that's part of the, yeah. that's the, the design. The, that's the life. That's the excitement. And that's right. how, that's what keeps all of us moving yeah. and not being stagnant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that movement is, is, is important, but here's the thing. They, Israel, if you go and you look at why that quote to Isaiah is going to come out of Isaiah 53. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. It All right, so Isaiah 53 and John 12 quotes it, mm-hmm. you know, as far as a direct quote in, yeah. in the New Testament. All right. Yeah. But ultimately what it means is Israel falls away from the gospel. Right. So they turned away from the gospel. Right. So I wish Jesus would tell us a better way. That would be, I don't know, repent, turn to the gospel. <laughs> Right. So through their failures of turning away, right. you can understand that that's your failure struggling with God and others is when you're turning away from God and the other person because you're trying to hold on to what you're trying to hold on to. Right. All right. So that's pride. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, self-protection, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. When you get good at noticing that, mm-hmm. you'll quickly repent. You'll quickly turn to God and say, okay, God, right. I see that I am upset right now. Why am I upset right now? Because I love something more than you or I wouldn't be upset. Right. So why do I feel mad right now? Well, I feel mad because I like being right. Yeah. I'm not right right now, God. Mm -hmm. How do I lay this down, but still communicate what you would have me to communicate? Mm -hmm. Show me where you're at with what I'm doing. And now all that's internal and all that's between you and God. And that's the gospel where you're turning to that relationship and it changes what overflows out of your mouth. Yeah, I like the illustration that you used where it's like the the water is super calm up top, but really deep down that's where the water is moving the hardest. And that when you get into those situations where you get angry or something like that, instead of letting it come out of you and manifesting the anger, you should take it down to the depths with you to the secret place mm-hmm. and just take it to God and stay and stay right there. Because when you start, and I did it a little bit on my on, on my way home, 
And when I did that, it was interesting because you, you'll quickly find yourself answering questions that pop up really fast. And when it's you versus the gospel, basically, in a conversation with God, oh, yeah, you're wrong real quick, buddy. And you, But I realized in, I realized in what in the question that I asked, it basically came down to I wasn't willing to do something because I didn't want the other person to have to have power or whatever, basically. And then I quickly, the gospel being preached to myself, love God, love others at the cost of yourself. And I was like, I'm not mature enough to let people walk all over me. I'm not good at it. Like I, I naturally, the old desires of me, like I'm not afraid of confrontation. It doesn't bother me. I'll totally speak my mind. I'm just the way, this is the way I am. Now, with that being said, that part of me has to die where I have to be serving others whether or not they walk all over me, that has nothing to do with me because one day when I'm judged and standing before God, I'm going to give an account for the way I carried myself in a situation, not the way that someone else carried their, their self in the situation. So when it becomes that, it becomes very black and white, and you're like, ah, darn it, I'm doing it again. <laughs> but at the same time, you find yourself in the Scripture. I mean, it, there's so many Scriptures that are, we were perplexed, but not destroyed. And we were this right. and not that. And I thought we were going to die, but we didn't. Right. And as you continue to trust him, that extreme ownership means I know that I'm at a certain place in my walk or journey or depth right. with God. Yeah. Now I can quickly go into my immaturity and, and, and have it suppression of truth boil up because of my ungodliness <laughs> and unrighteousness and, it, right. and, it, and yeah. it explode on me. Absolutely. All right, but in that moment, I also know that that did nothing to hurt my relationship, that the gospel is for me even though I lose every time. Right. It's it's to grow me, not to kill me. Right. It's a freedom, not a restriction, but don't use your freedom for the flesh because the freedom is meant for you to find it in the spirit to where you quickly repent because you you get you're more in line or used to being in a right relationship with God. And when that's taken away, you feel it with your feelings. Yeah, and you want to take it, you want to get back to the right relationship with God. So instead of your feelings being first driven by your flesh and its desires, your right. spirit is actually starting to have your systems. It's becoming the primary thing. Rewired, yeah. reconnected. That's what we were created for. We were created to experience God. We were created to experience each other in right relationship with God. We were created to your emotions are a form of worship, be able to worship God in our anger, but it not lead to separation, which would give a foothold to the world of flesh and the devil. But that doesn't happen because right. on the surface, you don't know that's going on because in the secret place, I'm like, father, you better get him or I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I mean, you, you need to just get, please let this person back away from me. Yeah. I, I don't care how just make this up. And it, it will, ebb and flow. I mean, it's not like you're going to be great at it. It's not like it's going to work all the time, but it will get better. Right. And then you end up around senior Christians that have actually lived a life for God. Right. And they're the people you want to be like. Yeah. And it's because they're not dictated by this world. And you know it because it, they're consistent. <laughs> they have integrity and they've got, I mean, right. it's, it's exactly what you're, you're wanting to learn. But it's a process. It's time and a process. Well, it's in the it's in the way that they carry themselves. It's in their it's in their name, their identity. So, and I, I wonder though, is that why Paul is always saying to the in in the uh, in, in the epistles, he's always saying, 
imitate me like I imitated Christ. Is that because he's he's basically saying like here I am as an example. Mm-hmm. You can look to me and come to me and talk to me and I can tell you all about how I messed up and how you're probably messing up right now. And yeah, that part of you, that part of you's got to die cuz that part of me had to die. Is that do you think that's why he's always using him as an example and is it because it's something because he's teaching them basically? I don't know. I mean, I just when you when you said it and, and I put it back in the scriptures, I was like wonder if that's why he's saying imitate me as I imitate Christ. Back to him being a bloodstained door. Right. John baptizes with the water of repentance. I am that living water and my blood is going to cover your transgressions, the things you've done wrong. Right. All, all the things you've done wrong. Yeah, everything. The only sin that could keep you out of that relationship is blaspheming, turning away from the gift of the new mind of the Holy Spirit. Right to where you you're still spiritually blind, you're still spiritually dead. You don't have the ability to see or hear. But once you receive that gift, and God change God the Father changes your heart through the door, you're then invited to enter into the door. Yeah. So when it says the shepherd, it says to enter the doors is the shepherd of the sheep. So if I enter the door, I already am like Christ because I'm entering into the same mind, the same right. role for the same Father's glory. Right. When that takes place, it says, listen, I'm the door, but if anyone comes in, they'll be able to go in and out of the door. Mm -hmm. And when you come into the door, it's to recover and to find health and to find encouragement. Because here's the thing about wisdom. 90% of learning is done through encouragement. Hmm. So you can learn information. Right. But when you go to apply it and you fail, you won't continue to do it. But if you've got someone that'll walk beside you and say, it's okay, don't worry about that. I see what you did. Do this over here. You're going to get it. You're going to be all right. right. That's wisdom. And it means somebody is, somebody is pouring into you and you're doing it in relationship. Right. And it's an image of God's design for father and son used to do that. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, and then in his name, you take on his name moving forward. Right, right, Long right. story short, when, when we look at that and it says here, there's a thief that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. It's trying to steal that truth and that relationship. It's trying to kill what? Movement. It's just trying to make you sit still. It's yeah. just trying to tell you enough lie to be distracted. It's just trying to make you, shh, it's okay. <laughs> shh. Yeah. I think football's on. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I think, I think shh, it's quiet time. But movement is life, and even hard things are good things if they're leading you for what it was purposed for. But it will destroy you if you allow it. Now, it says, hmm. but I have come to give them life right. and life to the full or abundance. Right. And then he says, out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will start to speak. Right. I didn't ask you to figure out anything and have elegant words. I said, if you'll go, I will speak through you, and I'll give you the words when you get there because I'm the one that has motivated moved you. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't steal, I gave. Right. I didn't kill. I enlivened and told you to move as you're going. Yeah. Right. Like the commission as you are going. Yeah. I don't know why I can't make any because you're not going. Right. You got to go. All right. Now, <laughs> as you're going, because of me giving the gift right. that cost everything, you were bought at a price. Mm-hmm. There is no destruction. There's rebuilding, and there's a time for both. And and there's so much destruction in our own hearts and other people's hearts that the harvest is white. The workers are few. It's not. It's not. There's not plenty to do. It's people don't feel encouraged enough to do it. Right. And most people that are teaching are teaching their way. And if you don't like it, then you're not part of their disciple. And that's not the gospel. Right. So with that, with all that said, I mean, 
How many people do you know that are professing Christians, but they don't strive with God or others? Good bit. So if you say it and you're not doing it, stop saying it. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Because if you're calling yourself a Christian, others are watching you and so is God. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to do it perfectly before God or others, i.e. the struggle. Right. But if you're going to claim it, then pursue it. And, yeah. he, and, and and you won't be put to shame. Right. Is the promise. Yeah. It's the design of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. He sent Moses. Yeah. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yep. Moses says, and there's going to be one like me mm-hmm. that's going to do everything I couldn't. Yep. All right. And then once again, when Jesus shows up, they're like, are you the prophet? What are they asking? Are you the one Moses had said was going to come? Right. We are now his hands and feet. We are now his body. Here's the good news that needs to be preached. Mm-hmm. God the Father and the Son in their finished work, sitting down in the new and old original covenant, yeah. have given you the same spirit yeah. because now it's your turn to be the mediator. Yeah. And if that's not better than your old story, you don't understand this story. I don't I don't. Yeah, I mean, when you put it when you put it like that, so basically, Jesus comes and and saves and redeems redeems people. Basically, I don't know how we could not then say, "I get to be a part of the message that redeemed creation." I don't I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of that. Think about what he said up here. He says, "Listen, if you believe in your heart, you'll be justified, and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved." Yeah. So there was a high theology. Yeah. Meaning Yahweh, the glory of the Father, is if you'll believe in your heart who the Father is, mm-hmm. Jesus says it like this in John 14. You believe in God. Yeah. Believe in me also. Right. All right. So what is he saying? He's saying, you believe in God and I'm here to counsel. Yeah. So there's an imminent ground level understanding of God. Right. That's pointing to the larger framework of the incommunicable the, God. The, the incarnate God points to the transcendent God. The imminent and the far away. Right. But the far away is because God's God, and yeah. that's look at God, yeah. and, and, and we know we can't even, incommunicable, we can't. Yeah. However, here I am right here. It, well, show it to us. Philip, you're an idiot. I'm saying that I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting right here, and I'm trying to say this is what he has said. Yeah. Now, Jesus, of course, did it perfectly, and then Paul did it not as perfectly and then so and so did it not so you're not you're like 2022 years away from that example yeah but you should be doing it right and and who knows what god will do with that effort because then you're not reading it you're not reading it to tell somebody else you know what so and so needs that verse six that verse six i know somebody needs to hear that verse six and (laughs) verse 11 yeah yeah i gotta go tell joe snuffy about verse 11 it's like no, no no you need that word yeah, and then out of the relationship of your dependence and your broken heart, right? There's a God that is God that loves you, right? And because He first loved us and sent a counselor, yeah, that then said, "I'm going to send you a counselor, right, so that you can be like me, right?" If, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's like reading something and saying, like. Man, this person they really need they need this hope. I don't need that hope just I don't need that hope as bad, but they definitely need the hope. And it's like, no, we all need the hope, you idiot. <laughs> like we like and and that's what I was saying 
earlier, you know, or a, an episode ago, that there is no difference in our in our need for in our need for God and our in in our relationship between the person who has a relationship with God and the person who doesn't have a relationship with God. We both need God equally the the same amount. Like it's not like I don't need him as much because I believe in him. That just it's just kind of I don't know. It doesn't work in my head. Unless you're going to tell me I'm wrong. No, in in your own words. Okay. Oh, man. Here we go. Tell me the story of Exodus. In my own words, say the story of Exodus. You can pick up where he sends Moses to tell Pharaoh <laughs> something. Yeah, he says, Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go worship. And Pharaoh says, no. And then he's like, let my people go worship. And he's still like, no. And he's like, all right, fine, fine. We'll do it your way. So then <clears throat> God sends the plagues and the plagues are nothing more than representations of what the other gods in Egypt could do. So God was doing them to show that he was greater than, than the gods that the Egyptians believed in. He takes, he takes the Israelites, liberates them, parts the Red Sea, they go out into the they go out into the the wilderness and um as Moses is having a relationship with God on Mount Sinai, they rebel, make a golden calf. Um then, you know, Aaron screws up there, Moses comes down, he's like, What are y'all doing? And uh then they struggle with God for forty you know, struggle with God and with each other for forty years aimlessly walking around in the desert, not being able to go into the promised land because they will not listen to God and they're grumblers grumblers and complainers. <clears throat> the whole the whole book of Exodus? No, no. And 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 they complained, Oh my goodness, what's gonna happen to our kids seeing how this is so miserable for us and Yeah. Sent out the twelve spies and there's some there's some but the, old, well, the, the the overall story that you shared, which is good, you, did, go, you yeah. did great. You did great. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to set you up like that. Okay. So here's okay. the thing. If I read First Corinthians ten, yeah, I'm only going to read one through thirteen. Yeah, and then you're going to tie that into what you just said. Okay. Hold on. All right. All right. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, most of them God was not pleased, and they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as an example for us that we might not desire evil as they did, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose and up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands heed lest he fall. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will always provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And I'll close, I'll, I'll stop there because it's all beautiful, but yeah. 
with the story of Exodus mm-hmm. and it all being one thing. Mm-hmm. Can you tie them together? <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what you're looking for. I'm just like over here, just like okay. I'm so on it, if, if I sit. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But he's in a good mood, y'all. I am in a good mood. All right, good. So here, if I sit down to have lunch with you, okay, it is a battle of the gods. I do not wage war against flesh and blood. Okay, I wage war against powers and principalities and the heavenly seated authorities. All right. Okay. So when I test the spirit, I start to talk to you. I, I'm going to start to hear what you believe, yep. and I'm going to start to hear who you worship. Right. Because you're going to tell me who you are, what you do, why you do what you do, why you right, say right. what you say. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a believer and I'm there to be a believer everywhere I go, mm-hmm. I'm going to start asking you about the changes in your life. Okay. What, how do you worship? In, in spirit and in truth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your conversion, your salvation. Tell you. Hey, you could use Exodus if you want to. <laughs> or or First Corinthians ten, one through twenty. If, if, I mean, like if you wanted to like use it, you could it's like right there. There's a there's a design right there. So you're saying so you're so tie them together. There's one design and Exodus we're in the new Exodus. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God has said go and tell people to come worship me. Mm-hmm. But they're trapped by the god of this age, Pharaoh, and Egypt is the world. Well, that, okay, I do think. Okay, so I do think that that's interesting because what there was something that you said not too long ago, I think, and I, if I get it wrong, then correct me for real. But <clears throat> you were talking about how God had liberated them from their identity as slaves inside of Egypt and liberated them to His people. In you know, heading to the promised land, leading them to the promised land, providing them with food, providing them with instructions on how to live well, so that His presence may reside with them, and all and all those things. But they didn't like it because they didn't know enough yet. They didn't know their identity. At least they knew who they were back there as slaves. They knew you know they knew what their life was like. They knew what they were going to get. They knew all what they were going to eat. All those things like their whole entire. Their identity was was made up in that, and what they were struggling with was learning and discovering and putting to death their old identity for what God had, or what, from what He had liberated them from. So that would try to that would that would be my best attempt at trying to put them together. I'm, I'm not good at it. I'm trying. No, no, no I, I'm trying. Amen. They were created to be a nation at Mount Sinai. Right, they, they had no identity as a people. Uh, I'll be their God. They will be my people. people yeah. All right, but it says in First Corinthians ten. Mm-hmm. If I do not want you to be unaware, I need you to know this story: that our fathers were all underneath the same cloud, and they passed through the sea. The sea represents uh, the spiritual darkness, right? spiritual chaos, the yeah, darkness, chaos. Sorry, and the cloud is uh, the good gods, I guess. Right. Or is the presence of this is the, is the presence of Yahweh? Is it not? Or is it, Yahweh? It is a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Holy Spirit. There we go. The Holy Spirit. So I don't want you to be unaware, my brothers and sisters, because if you are my brothers and sisters, understand the Holy Spirit has led you through the chaotic waters of who you used to be. Right. Okay. And when you were baptized, you came through the what sea? The Red Sea. And red always 
indicates what in the new covenant? Blood. So through the blood of salvation, you've been freed from the chaos because you're now in Christ. Right. Because of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm God and you're my people. So when he told them to leave after overcoming their gods, because God said, this is me against their gods. Right. And you were then freed because of the work of Christ before they went over the Red Sea. Do you remember anything happening in Exodus? Didn't they want to go back? They get to the Red Sea and the Holy Spirit stops and doesn't move until the Pharaoh's armies like change right their up, mind like, and they come over the hill. And I mean, they had to experience the fear of not having any hope other than the Holy Spirit doing a miracle, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you have to know you have no hope but the blood of Christ. You mm. have to know that you have no hope other than what God has done for you that you don't deserve. So by grace, I am what I am. Yeah. But by grace, I am what I am so that I get to do everything I get to do. So right. it, grace leading to obedience, not grace that says you don't have to be obedient. All right. Right, right, right. So they go through the Red Sea in the blood of Christ, the blood of the sea, mm -hmm. crushes the armies of the power and the presence of this world. Right. So now Satan is defeated yep. for the believer. Now it's back to God versus the Through God the blood thing. of yep. Christ, you're now in the wilderness, mm -hmm. but you don't know who you are. Yeah. Now you need a counselor. Well, uh -huh. what? who was the counselor unto Moses? The only thing he had was, well, not the only thing he had, but there was no other than Yahweh and the Holy Spirit. Right. Leads him back to where he, I don't know, first met him at the fire, the, the burning bush. Yeah. Says, I'm going to give you the law so that you can understand who I am. Not to understand what right. you're going to do and right, how right, right. you're going to do it perfectly. Yeah. And it's not, it is, um, I will never steal from you. I will never tell you the lie that there's another God ahead of me. I will never right. tell you to do anything except for bear my name mm -hmm. that I gave you that you don't deserve through yeah. the blood of my son that has crushed the enemy of this world because the Holy Spirit is yeah. leading you. And now that you're my nation, you have been chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are set apart by God. You are my possession. Right. Now, Go to the promised land. Yeah. They get there and they send 12 spies. Yeah. And they all don't want to go because they got big, they got big giants over there, man. They're going to crush us. We look like, I think little, that a little bit slower. Well, I mean, I do remember that part. 12, 12 spies. Yeah. They all didn't. There's two of them. There there's, you go. There's two that, there's okay. two that want to go. Because you said they all didn't well, want to go. I meant to say there's a lot. Sorry. And it's the Caleb and. Uh, oh my gosh. It's Caleb and. Uh, the next book of the Bible. I know. I'm <laughs> blanking it right now. It actually means Jesus. Oh my gosh. Shut up. Uh, Joshua. Yes. <clears throat> Yeshua. It means Jesus. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I could not get that out. No, because that, you got a brain cramp. It's cool. <laughs> I've taken advantage of it. Anyway, <laughs> so they send in the spies. They see the Gabor. They come back and they say they're giants. And because of their unfaithfulness, God tells Moses, fine, have them turn around. Yeah. So they turn around and they walk around in a circle, don't they? The law for their 40 years, their life, mm -hmm. complaining because they can't live up to the law. Right. But they don't have faith. Right. To go into a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. So they're just in limbo. Yeah. Liminal space is what it's called. Right. Like I said this morning, liminal space is I stand in the door jam. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the room. Yeah. But I'm not in the hall. Right. I'm in liminal space. If I go to an airport, yeah. I'm 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 not staying there. The only right. reason I'm there is to go somewhere else. Right. I'm not home, but mm -hmm. I'm not at my destination. That's right. liminal space. Okay. Our life is liminal space. Interesting. A marriage ceremony is liminal space. You're yeah. not married, right? But you're there to get married. Right. So you are a little different. I mean, there's candles and you're dressed while in white, even though you probably shouldn't be. And everybody's there <laughs> because they understand of the liminal space that right. we are entering into. Mm -hmm. Because when you leave, you will be different. 
Yeah, it's the ceremony, I guess. It's the sacrament that's yeah. there, but your life is liminal space. This is not our home. We yeah. have nowhere to lay our head. Yeah, we good. are not of this kingdom. We are of the kingdom of God. Right. We are exiles, sojourners in this wilderness. Yep. Like the Exodus, this mm-hmm. is not where you find your identity because your identity has been laid down by the truth of God to mm-hmm. where you're going to the scriptures to find out who you are now. Right. And it's real. It's yeah. not it's not just this, you know, it's what makes us enjoy fiction, but it's not fiction. And right. that's where, you know, the, the that's where the Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and everything else is hard for me. Not to bring up, that's a barrier between when you grow up. I mean, here are these correlations of, I have a, I have a, I have a imaginary friend. Oh, we'll take you a psychologist and tell you you're, I mean, you, right. I, psychologically, you cannot have a, 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 you know, imaginary friend. But there is this, there is this guy that if you have your teeth come out, that he'll show up. Just leave some money under the, the pillow. Yeah, it's a dude with wings. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming, but he's going to check his list twice. And if you haven't been yeah. good then you're not going to get any presents. Yeah. And you have to leave him some cookies because, you know, you got to bait him in because if you don't give him cookies, then he's not going to come in. And if he comes in, you have to have been good because he's judging who you are, this imaginary character, to see whether or not you'll get the gifts that you're looking forward to. And you just don't really know if it's going to happen. And then you tell the kids about the truth of who Yahweh is, and they connect those in in a way that... Trick me once, blame me. Trick me twice, shame on you. And 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 it's yeah. the imaginary friend was your friend. I mean, yeah. is that not like could we not use that as hey, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit and that there's a voice right. that you can actually fall in love with because God gives it to you. And if you've mm-hmm. got a friend that's for you, and it's not like he has to leave me cookies and he doesn't you know promise me fake things. Why don't we teach him to encourage that inner voice, but know that it's communion with God. Mm-hmm. And see, mm-hmm. I'm not saying everything we do, it, it does matter. Yeah. Whether it's your kids, whether it's people at work, whether it's in your own personal reading. Right. I mean, there's so many things. I, I, I guess that's a rabbit is what that basically is. But ultimately, when they're following the Holy Spirit, they end up wrapping around the law and they mm-hmm. waste their life trying to do something they could never do because they didn't enter into the promised land. Right. Now, upon our faith, mm-hmm. we directly enter into the finished work of the promised land because mm-hmm. the only person that could lead them into the promised land was Joshua, well, Joshua right? Yes, because Moses couldn't Re- go. Yeah, he represented the law. He represents the law, so it has nothing to do with, oh, and you know, Moses messed up. Moses messed up one time. I've done more than that by every day I wake up. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. so it, it was it was Moses and the law can't bring you into the promised land. Only Jesus could because of the spiritual battle that had to take place in the promised land right. that Jesus has perfectly fulfilled and overcome mm-hmm. in, in the new covenant. Right. But when we become believers, we become believers in the finished work of Jesus Christ, where he's already made the door open in the glorious overcoming of the of the kingdom of darkness. To where we move into redemptive history in a different spot. Right. And you need to understand what he has done, because Mm -hmm. if not, you may meet him and him say, you never knew me. Right. You were a worker of lawlessness. You just put my name on it. Mm -hmm. You were doing it your way. You were making up your thing. Right. You don't know what I said about the Torah. You have no idea what I overcame through the old covenant and the things that were there. Right. You really just didn't want to burn. Yeah. And I'm not a genie. You made it about you and not about me. 
And so when we put it together, somebody that needs, everyone needs people in their lives yeah. because it's cornerness, fellowship. It, yeah. It's just as important as, I shouldn't say it that way. The script, the scripture has a direct, I mean, I, I can build out that you cannot, you can't hear it without somebody proclaiming it. So the proclamation is important. Well, yeah. But if you proclaim it and then invite them into something that no one walks alongside of them with, you've made them promises that you never followed up. And when they get there, they're going to say, but mix it. I was all right. Yeah. You may not want to be in the courtroom when one of his children was left to all of the struggle and the horrors that happened after him because you didn't care enough to walk with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I think that we were talking, we talked about that earlier and that was one of the things that I saw when you're saying, you know, when <clears throat> I've heard church leaders say, you know, you got to have, you just got to have faith, but then, you know, real life happens and bad things happen. And then that person's just kind of left there and they automatically, the first thing they're going to go back to was, but I really thought I believed, you know, I really had faith that God was going to do this thing and then he doesn't do it. And that's, that's, that's what does damage there is that's because you, like you're saying, you've left that person on their own, you know, you've left them to not have someone to be with them and it's not good for us to be alone, you know? So I, I think that that's where you have a lot of, a lot of problems come from that just because you're not you're not willing to walk with that person, but that's the whole idea. You need someone to walk with you just as much as they need someone to walk with them. I mean, if it's not good for you, it's not good for other people. So stop stop selling that. I need you to answer what was more important. Oh god, because that's what's going to be asked. Okay. No, no, I'm saying like oh. literally, if you don't disciple your brothers and sisters. Uh -huh. God's going to want to know why. Oh. So if, if, if you read in, I think it's Matthew 24, but either way, the sheeps and the goats and the sheep go to Christ because they know his name. They know his voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, then yeah, the goats yeah. stay in front of the white throne judgment yeah. and they don't have the coverage of the shepherd's blood. Yep. Sheep are asked to exit stage, right? So when we go to, I think it's second Corinthians five <clears> and I'll, I'll make sure that as I'm saying it, but either way, when we go stage, right, mm -hmm. we are going to go to the beam of seat of Christ. Right. All right, so in 2 Corinthians 5, 10, it says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's the Bema seat of Christ, mm -hmm. so that each one of us may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. All right, so right. good and evil mean what in the Scripture? Good and evil means perform for the function which you were created, and evil means to not perform for the function that you were created. Okay, so what is the Bema seat? The Bema seat is the... The judgment seat the, is how it's it, it translated yeah. in the ESV. Was the is the seat that that Jesus sits on, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's the, where it's where he sits from after he completed his work. Okay, so do we have an example of the bema seat in the Old Testament? Bema seat. Uh, I'm sure we do. Do you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was he after? In the first Ark one. of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. What's in the Ark of the Covenant? In the Ark of the Covenant are the two tablets, and oh man, I I used to know this. It's been a while since you asked me this question. Uh, they're the two tablets, and oh gracious, I don't know. I lost it. I'm dang man, I'm like over two today. Bread of life, manna. Okay, and Aaron's the high priest staff. 
So I wanted to say a staff, but it wasn't. I knew it wasn't Moses's staff. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law, mm-hmm. but not one daughter iota has changed. I right. didn't. Okay, but, so he sits on the finished work. Mm-hmm. The Ark of the Covenant is his seat. Okay, the two cherubim angels are for backrest. I got gotcha. you. When they said the the battle is mine, put me up front. They carried the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit on the finished work of him perfectly fulfilling the law. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit as being the high priest, the one that has atoned for you by mm-hmm. his prayer, interceding mm-hmm. for you day and night. Right. He is the bread of life, and they ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink because yeah. it was the rock that followed them, whether it's Exodus then or Exodus now. Right. But there's going to be a time, mm-hmm. like literally in time, absent from the body's present with the Lord, you're going to meet him in time. Yeah. And when you do, you're going to step up to him in the seated position over the law, him being your mediator, and him being the only reason that you had his body and his blood, he's going to look you in your eyes and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you, Hmm. good or evil? Did you do what the function of your salvation was for, or did you use it for yourself? And you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant that I was trying to pour into others in any way that I could. Now, Look at Paul. Imitate me the way I imitate Christ. What did Paul do? I'm in prison right now, but I'm singing hymns and I'm telling you about Jesus. Yeah. All of them poured themselves out because well, he, they got to, not because yeah, they had to. Well, he was beat to death and then he just re- <laughs> resurrected and went right back into the city. He said, like, I, I'm, <laughs> I am thankful that I get beaten for the gospel. Yeah. Because he believed it yeah. and he knew it was worth it. And yeah. to have something you believe that's actually worth it is what everybody's chasing. Yeah, I mean, whether that's success, whether that's money, whether that's se- uh, 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 sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's got your affections. Well, it's something that people want that has value to it. I mean, like whether it be their career or anything like that, because that's what you hear now. Mm-hmm. My life is, you know, my career is the thing that's more important. My my seat and my, you know, um, my status. Wow, that was a motorcycle. Uh, that. My status in among other people, like that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be exalted. I'm more than just a normal per, run-of-the-mill average person. I'm this person, this CFO of whatever, you know, however you want to do that. That's what people are after. I can't remember the author, but he said whatever you put in front of what you're actually created for will not only fail you, it will be the thing that turns around and destroys you. So if you make it your kids yeah. And you think that you're going to be super parent and your kids are going to be perfect and everything. They're going to both, all of them, however many you have, yeah. they're going to turn around and they're going to be the ones that show you yeah. that that's not what it's supposed to be. If it's your job, that job's going to turn around and say, um, you're fired. And yeah. they're going to hire somebody else. And you're, you're going to see what you have invested in was a lie. Yeah. Unless it's. The example we have in scripture. I mean, right. this is this is what you that this is the good function. This mm-hmm. is the thing that'll never leave you, forsake you. This is the thing that does have this kind of value. This is an eternal thing. Right. It is what you were created for. Yeah. There's the invitation and try and connect whatever it is that they're putting in that place because it's my God testing your God at that point. Right. Um, maybe not in that language, but that's right. what you're trying to encourage them to see. But this is the thing. This is the message that transcends my life and everyone's life. Like right. that's kind of the the point that they're basically saying. Like it doesn't matter what you do to me because the message will carry on, and there will be somebody else right after me because it's God's story and God's sending people out for it to be for it to be proclaimed and for those to follow and chase after chase after Him. Uh, it was the 
The guy who's doing the the Isaiah study is the guy who said that it will turn okay. around and destroy you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, Oswald. Oswald. Yeah, okay. it was yep. him. Yep. Uh, John Oswald. Because I thought that was I thought that was really good yeah. when he said that. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's totally. It's one of the things yeah. I was teaching. It just kind of stuck in my head because he's absolutely right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it it is it is the thing that like whether whether it be career or anything like that. That's what I was trying to say with this, you know. And I don't want to get too too far off or in depth in it or whatever. But with this thing now, where you know women say they want the career and stuff like that and which is perfectly fine if some women do want to do that you know but the majority of of women want to end up having having children because when their their career's over with and they enter retirement they still have their you know they still have their kids and their family it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with not having kids if you want to prioritize your career to do those things that's perfectly fine but at the end of the day i mean you have to be okay with with knowing that you're the minority, not the majority, and we certainly shouldn't crush other people just because we value something more. But at the end of the day, that message is that message is going to die out because the true message that is eternal, that lasts forever, is God's message. So we could take that with things that people point to that they think are like a homosexuality or drug addiction or you know prostitution. Whatever you want to say is easy to point at because it's not something you struggle with. And if you do, you don't point at it because you struggle with it. But people that just say no, they don't understand because they've never been there. Right. It's the same message they need to hear that a woman has to hear if she's choosing to have a child or she's choosing for a career. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as it's in right relationship with God, God will show you the truth of which one you should do. That has nothing to do with me telling you right. that. And I mean, I don't care if it's drug addiction. The only thing that's going to replace that addiction is the thing that fills that thirst and desire, right. which is God. And we can do all these programs we want, but it's going to fail you because you're not actually filling the chaotic vacuum right. with the fulfillment and the order. Right. And until we have you fall in love with something more than you love yourself, you're going to continue loving yourself by doing the drugs, which mm-hmm. is just a coping mechanism. And then it even gets into a lot of times you're doing it to protect yourself because you got no other answers. Yeah. I happen to have one we can talk about. Yeah. But nobody's having those conversations. I mean, right. Like the different things I've read about, you know, somebody's cutting themselves instead of saying, Hey, you're a freak. You're cutting yourself. You know, why don't you say there's a part of you that is cutting yourself? Why do you cut yourself? Yeah. Is it to protect you and watch what they do? If they've never heard anybody ask them that, that way, that's exactly why a cutter cuts. Mm. A cutter cuts to try and take away the feeling of wanting to kill themselves or do bodily harm to where this is enough bodily harm to keep me from doing the bodily harm that I wouldn't do if I couldn't express yeah, like, it this way. Like permanent, like you can't reverse it. Like it's not just a scar. Like it's you So know. that's a part of you that loves you. Yeah. That everybody else says is your problem. Right. But every time you tell this part of you that it's your problem. It shows you how much it loves you and right. it's, it manifests itself because it needs, it needs someone to retire it that loves you as much and more. And until you understand that you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, it's kind of weird, but like, in a like, and I don't mean for it to sound this way, but I would say almost in a sense, it is the encouragement. Like it's the, 
you know, at least we're not going to the extreme, you know, at least we're doing this, we're, we're, we're doing this to, to make it through, to cope, to whatever, where if someone, instead of saying, that's your problem and you need to fix that, and uh, instead of just heaping all this condemnation on them, if instead you were like, started to ask them questions and use that to establish a relationship and show that you care and say like, well, instead of going to that first, Next time, how about, you know, calling me and let's, like, talk about what's going on with you. Instead of going to that outlet, let's try something else. Let's try a communal side of this. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's going to cost you who's offering on the backside, but that's loving another person at the cost of yourself, which is another way to do the gospel. And at least you said that to them so they knew that that was available versus just saying, you need to fix that and then walking off. So all things are lawful, but not all things, things are, are helpful. Yeah. And all things are lawful, but not all things build another up. It's, right. it's, it's yeah. over there in First Corinthians, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's right. a common saying of the day. All things are lawful for me. Right. But he's saying, okay, but that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't build up. Yeah. So if you're struggling with coping with alcohol or coping with cutting or inside of an addiction, if somebody says, well, you just need to stop. Yeah, I think they know that, right? I mean, so that, <laughs> that's, that's not helpful. That's, and it's not building that person up. Right. They need somebody with them because they yeah. were created for community and to have somebody walk with them. Right. And the problem yeah. is they're coping because they have nobody in right. that role. And the only person that is telling them they need to stop is probably the reason they're doing it. Right. And then all you got is a compound thing. And then you can go somewhere else and then say, well, you ought to stop. I mean, that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't edify. It doesn't build. It doesn't, it doesn't say, let me walk with you. Like you right. were just saying, it doesn't say, Hey, God said that the Holy spirit, is the helper that it is the mediator mm -hmm. that 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 he is available right but right now you're turning to this other spirit this other thing that let's start with half and half yeah. you know just like you're not going to tell a smoker to quit smoking let's try and do half of the time or half as much right and call me and we'll talk about what god would want you to have what, what god would want you to know what he would have you do right now right for you through right. encouragement alongside of you to give that person the community of i'm not alone there is someone that cares they're not against me like everyone else already has been then you weigh on the fact of i am trying as well i'm trying to do it differently inside of the community so there you have validation in your effort for trying and making up your mind you have the encouragement through somebody else and not through the condemnation so it it becomes more reasons to press into it instead of press into the change instead of just going back to the same old the same old ways that you've always been because that's the thing they haven't been encouraged to come out of it to try a new way because there's no one to walk with them so they stick to the old thing that they're doing because that's where they found the most relief and the ability to go on and once you get comfortable seeing weaknesses are is our strength Mm -hmm. My power is made known in your weakness. Yeah. When when we start talking about weaknesses and you start to realize that is the bridge is for you to be in relationship with someone's weakness, letting them know yours to where you're walking together. You end up moving from, I don't know, drug addiction to sugar. Yeah. <laughs> like to be a schedule one narcotic, you have to hit seven boxes. Sugar hits all seven, but man, it's delicious. Yeah, it is. And even though more people die of diabetes and alcoholism, that alcohol is pretty bad for you. It really is. <laughs> Right. However, 
I do want a big gulp. I want a liter of cola. <laughs> Just order a large. Liquid sugar. Yeah, that's what my mom calls it. Does it without blinking an eye. Yeah. Because that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So what does that person need? The same way this person over there is that that's not what we were designed for. Right. And you find, you you go from things that are easy to see to things that you'd never really process, process that way because you want to be a peacekeeper, a difference maker, right. the design of God available right. to where we're all in this together instead mm-hmm. of thinking, well, look at that drug addict. <sighs> I mean, sugar's a drug. Yeah, let's go get a Snickers. Yeah. You got any coffee? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Caffeine, nicotine, sugar. I mean, they're, yeah. they're all, but... They're all up there. Nobody talks about them, though. Somebody says that this one well, is right and this one is wrong, or, th- you know, some of them are way more consuming than others, and I'm not right. saying that, you know, they're not gateways and everything else, but yeah. <clears throat> instead of playing that game, the answer is always the same. Yeah. And it's falling in love with a bigger story that your story gets to be consumed by, mm-hmm. and you get a new start to start a new way mm-hmm. as a new creature, new name. Yeah. I mean, it makes the old story worth that pain and struggle because of the glory and the hope that you're moving towards at that point. Right. Well, it's a, it's a starting it's a starting point to offer someone for the the hope to look forward to because you're basically telling them like this was where I was, but I'm not there anymore because of what God has done. And what I'm telling you is that I still need Him just as much as you need him today. And I'm asking and inviting you I'm uh, through this proclamation. I'm saying that the door is open and it's made available and I will be willing to go with you because there was someone that was willing to go with me. And that, so it's this, it's almost like the pay it forward thing. It's this, it's this, it's this overarching um, concept that is really meant to be passed down to everyone because it's for the entire body. But I will have to we'll have to close out here because we're you're running out of time. I am running out you're going to be on a mission. So, what can we take away from this conversation to not tear at the seams of the bride, but help encourage one another as we are going? Well, what in my heart and mind is right around here? <laughs> I mean, I, I have something, but of course, I'm not really good with the computer. So, yeah, here's Jesus in John 13. 31 through 35, he says, how are we going to bring this together and not pull at the seams of the bride? Yeah, yeah. So here's what they remember Jesus saying. Okay. So as he going out, Jesus said, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified, Mm -hmm. and God the Father is glorified in him. Yeah. If God the Father is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself Mm -hmm. and glorify himself at once. Either way, little children, here's what he tells them to do. Yeah. You're going to seek me. What I need you to know is there's this new commandment that I give you, Mm -hmm. that you love one another just as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples or learners because you have love for one another. So how do we apply it? Love God and love love others others as yourself. I mean, that's pretty, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Why don't you love God and love others at the cost of yourself? Whoa. I'm telling you, man. Now, simplistic on the surface, right? complex on learning how to do it, yes. because now you have to put yourself to death. And like I said, when I went to church for the first time, that was always one of the things that bothered me was when he would say, put yourself to death. It's like, I don't know. I'm the only self of God. I don't know what he's talking about right now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so with that said, 
you were never created to be a self. You were never created to identify yourself alone. It's not good for you to be alone. That's evil. It's not the function for which you were created. You were created Amen. for community and you were created to love God and to love others. It's Amen. not what's the greatest command to tell me to do. It's the, what yeah. is the greatest command that would change my heart? It would be, I don't know, fall in love with God. And the fact you get to love others That's good. and it'll put to death who you are by yourself. Because when it says deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, that deny yourself doesn't mean like I can't have Starbucks for two weeks because I'm denying myself. <laughs> oh, I, my favorite was uh, there was a guy that Raphael that worked at the water plant that he he played the lottery all the time. Yeah. So you know Catholics have Lent and, they, and right. they're gonna they're giving so, up stuff. For yeah. Lent, so yeah. what are you giving up, Raphael? I'm not gonna gamble for so many days. It's like. <laughs> Can you actually offer gambling as your sacrifice? He's like, yes. And so, so anyway, I, I just learned. I don't know. Long story short, here's the here's the sacrifice: yeah. is deny does not mean abstain. Right. Deny means to stop leaving that. Mm. Deny that truth claim. Deny that identity. Deny the self. You are not a self. You've never been created to be a self. That's the lie that's exchanged for the truth. The truth is, you're created to be known by God and yep. others. And never really know I and me. That's the sin of the garden. I am naked. I am ashamed. I'm going to hide. Right. God, you gave that person to me. And, and, and from there, it escalated. Right. How to not tear at the seams of the bride is for you to stop living for yourself, yeah. which is just like everyone else that doesn't have the gift of right relationship. Fall in love with the fact that he's given you right relationship when you don't deserve it, which is Absolutely. grace. And then get to work knowing your obedience isn't gaining you anything, but your obedience is offering that gift back up to God because he's worthy. Amen. I love it. That's good. That's solid advice right there. You hear that, folks? You love God and you love others at the cost of yourself. That's like new stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's just breakthrough, bro. <laughs> it's breakthrough right there. But I know in all, in all seriousness, it is hard. So find you a battle buddy and, you know, just just walk through walk through life, do life together. I mean, that's probably the one thing that we'll we'll take away from here. Find somebody to pour into, find somebody to look up to and somebody to pour into you and just and just keep pressing on and keep moving forward, man, and keep glorifying the Lord. We thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We hope that you have taken away information that will help. Help you help challenge what you believe for the benefit of growing in our walk with God. If you would like to support this ministry, you can join us on Patreon. It is patreon.com slash faith fleshed out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at faith fleshed out. And if you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can contact us at our email at faith fleshed out at gmail.com. That is faith fleshed out at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining us. We love y'all. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. We're out.